0: Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM. You're listening to B Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I am your host, Laura, joined by.
1: Laurie? Is that me? Was that my cue? That is your cue. I love
0: that. Welcome
1: to the combo. You're too far away to kick me under the table. Very nice Nadia Reid there, though, and um, that was one of her slower tracks, but I do suggest that everyone gets down to the City Gallery on April the 6th. April the 6th. Don't Uh, miss out. Don't miss out. Great. So I am um, very excited. Uh, We have been joined by a wonderful Wellington woman in the studio tonight. Alicia Watson, who is the founder of NISA, is with us. She She's actually earning her stripes because she ditched her job as a lawyer to start her own business with the purpose of employing women in our refugee community um, to make amazing kick-ass knickers. What a, what a legend. Alicia, welcome to B-Side Stories.
0: Oh, thank you for having me here. It's an absolute treat.
1: Yes. Well, as I was saying earlier on the show, this is a really great way to have a chat with you and then let a whole lot of other people listen in <laughs> to you as well. So, so it's great that you're here. So I think we we all realise it's a pretty big call to give up your job to start a business, but especially a business that has a a purpose to employ refugees. What was your moment when you decided that I'm going to do this?
0: Uh, There was no particular moment. It Mm -hmm. was just a growing obsession. I think you start um, at work spending more and more time thinking about it and more and more of your time guiltily googling various ways to make it happen. Wow. Um and you it just the idea consumes you to a greater and greater level every week till it gets to the point where you can't really function as you used to. <laughs> um and it
1: sounds like something <laughs> overtaking you. Oh
0: totally. Um and you and you can't really be happy unless you do it. And it's never so it doesn't really feel like a choice. It feels like something else entirely. And it's not really a question of whether you're happy or not happy um, because that drive, you know, is just pushing you forward. Wow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm saying
1: well, <laughs> You have been working with the Red Cross. You know, mm-hmm. how, how did you get into the situation to, to, to see that there was
0: a need and see an opportunity? Well, so I, I volunteered um as just a normal citizen helping uh people from refugee backgrounds who had just arrived you know you go to the mm. airport to pick them up wow. um resettle in Wellington and you follow them for around 6 months and i'm still in touch with my families that re- have been here now for about a year and a half um and then i was also as a in my lawyer role i was volunteering at the community law center helping with their refugee and migrant legal advice service right uh and so those were two i guess quite different facets of the journey to you know setting up a life in new zealand um and yeah the the community really um kind of really shows itself at its best because you know Neighbours bring baking to welcome them. Mm. Um, you know, there are so many donated goods. Everyone is doing their part. And I was so um, so stoked to be a no. Wellingtonian when you see that outpouring of support for people that really need it. But um, one thing that no one can give someone else just for, out of charity is basically a job. Yeah, And so they're really struggling to find employers that would take a chance on them. And there are very real barriers. That's nothing against employers. It's just hard to take on an employer who doesn't have a great command of English. Um, And so I just thought, you know, creating a business that was purpose built Mm. uh, would be something really amazing. Um, And I saw that support there in the community. So I thought, you know, putting those two things together could be something really special.
1: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Gosh, there's so much in there, like just the, the trails, aren't there? So, mm. the the woman that, that your work, how many
0: women have you actually got working with you at NISA at the moment? So, I've got three employees from refugee backgrounds, and um, a few months in, I hired a production manager.
1: Very important. Called Avril. Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and I thought I could do without a production manager, and I was very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm a lawyer. I don't know anything about the fashion industry. I don't know, um, yeah, any of the things that you really need to make a workshop work. It's quite technical, uh, isn't it? Very technical. And so Avril, um, she's been in the industry for 20 years, wow, you Wow, know? great. Uh, and Lucky you, because they're
1: really hard to find. People that really
0: understand it yeah. as well. And she's, um, she's amazing. And she, you know, what really spoke to me, was in her, um, in, you know, when she was applying for the job, she's like, I don't actually need the money. I just want to work with other people. Cause she was working by herself wow. at this point. You know, she's like, I just want to be in a team again. Yeah. Um, and she's one of the only people actually that, um, that mentioned that she wanted to help former refugees, uh, out of everyone that applied. So it was just, you know, it was really yeah, very, very lucky to have Avril on board.
1: So it's almost really understanding the purpose in in before the you know the, the yeah. out, output, if yeah. you like. Oh, yeah. exactly. Which is not a traditional business. No, way.
0: no. Um yeah, it's you know, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> That's what I always say. And so we're just in this really precarious space where like, you know, you say Please uh, sew the side seams on this, and like the opposite thing happens, and so you have to be able to laugh; otherwise, you get quite stressed. Yes, yes. <laughs> Come, um, there.
1: I do. I have a sewing background, so yeah. I'm I'm hearing you. And actually, you do have to be prepared for everything that can go wrong or oh, go wrong. Exactly. Yeah. So, do these women uh, as sewing part of their, their nature? That's mm. that they've got a sewing uh, background.
0: Yeah. So they all. Um, have sewn in their home countries great. but none of them have sewn in a professional context before right. uh, one of them had been to a you know a sewing course but um and so a big challenge for us has been bringing them up to industry so you're standards so training them as well yeah yeah um and that's been in some ways it's great because everyone's learning and that means you don't have the you know people sitting in the corner grumpy that they're being told to do something different Mm. from what they usually do. Mm. Um, But yeah, it means that we're also providing a huge amount of training Um, and yeah, that's, so it's just (laughs) one of the many challenges we face every day, but my, I hope that I'm giving them skills that will allow them to one day do something really special on their own, yeah, Absol-
1: absolutely, Oh my goodness, um, and how how are they? How are the the, the beautiful women Now, mm. I'm sorry, I don't know their names. I yep. I did look on. <laughs> it's just nice to, to name yeah, name yeah, these so beautiful. Got... We're, in, we're kind of in an International Women's Day vibe. Yeah, we're carrying it on. So, what are their names? So,
0: Boshra, who's from Syria. We've right. got Rana from Iraq, and we've wow. got Fauzia from Somalia.
1: Oh my goodness! And so, um, how are they going together? And and with the because they they're yeah. all very different countries. Oh yeah, yeah. With
0: different cultural it's, aspects and it's amazing actually because um, yeah they, Boshra and Fawzia are both in their twenties, Rana I think is in her thirties, and so it's just a lot of women together having fun. Good. <laughs> um and. Yeah, it's just, you know, everyone's trying their best. Um, and it's really lovely seeing them, you know, bonding with each other and, you know, just being really concerned for each other. Yeah. Um, and I also think, you know, Fawzia in particular, she's in um, – She the other two have their families here, but she's here alone, and she's wow. a little bit younger than me. Wow. Um, and so – For her just having, um, you know, sometimes she's not even rostered on for work and she just turns up because she's like, hey, guys, how's it going? (laughs) Um, And, you know, just she gets really bored and lonely at home. uh, And so just having a place to go where you're expected at a certain time and there are other people there to chat to uh, is just just lovely.
1: You know, All of these things, it's just really, sorry, I'm having Mm. an emotional moment, but (laughs) being alone in a country and Mm. then not only that, but just not having a family around you. And I I think, you know, you were saying I've worked by myself Mm. for a while and there was just a point where it was like I actually can't do this anymore, Mm. but I'm surrounded by a family between nine and five. And I can't imagine how how it must be for someone to come to New Zealand and – you know, just be really quite isolated like mm. that. So good on her for for reaching out. And, oh, you that, know, jumping into it.
0: Oh, she's yeah one of the most enthusiastic people you'll ever meet. Hurrah. Like nothing is too hard. Like occasionally a while ago, we got these boxes of elastics that we had dyed, and just one of I'm sure, Laura, you'll understand. Like <laughs> dying is a dying industry in New Zealand. There's one dude left that does it in Auckland. But I managed <laughs> – I found that there's, like, this hive of um, industry talent in the film industry that's been retained. And right, so I got a wow. woman called Paula on board who did a lot of textiles for Weta workshops, and she managed to wrangle us into Stone Street Studios to do some dyeing there. But it meant that every – so I was, like, you know, on set and, like, you know, the – you know, they <laughs>
1: – No one gets into Weta. <laughs>
0: How did you do
1: that, Alicia? It was
0: amazing. It was so much fun, and. You know the security guard is like Alicia, and I'm like, yes, <laughs> that's me.
1: There's a movie. There's know, a movie with this whole thing.
0: I know. Yeah. So that was really fun, and then um, but it meant that all of our elastics were no longer on their um rolls spools. on their spools. Yeah. And so there was probably like 500 meters of elastic, and of course, what? it all gets tangled as it dies because you need like quite special machines to dye elastic so it doesn't get yeah tangled. Um and so, you know, Bosch was just there with this like five hundred meter pile of tangled elastic, which is just you can't believe how miserable can it we, is. Can we have the colour? Um, it was navy and moss. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we've got to get the colour for these
1: types. <laughs> Really really visualize d- the piles
0: i know and left. so like if you can imagine the most frustrating job in the world and times up by five it was untangling their pile of elastic but Fauzi is sitting there and i'm like i'm so sorry Fauzi. and she's like oh no problem <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> You
1: guys have, will have a story to tell.
0: <laughs> oh, totally.
1: Okay, so the mm. people that are actually buying these yeah. amazing knickers, yeah. and um, now that I've, we've got the stories, they're just <laughs> sounding like you could actually sell them as collector's <laughs> items. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, no. Um, the woman that, that have attracted, mm. I guess the question actually I'm going to pull back, is mm. about support. Mm. So, you had an amazing journey with your Pledge Me. So you ran a Pledge Me. Mm. And was that to get, get a little bit of capital into the business? Yeah. Or?
0: It turns out that I should have asked for about three times as much because mm. apparently in business you're meant to estimate how much things are going to cost and times it by three. <laughs> right, <laughs> you <laughs> know. Um, but you learned that after. Exactly, right? but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, um, yeah so... The on, the on the first day that we – well, the day that we launched our Pledge Me campaign, we we're on the front page of the Dom Post.
2: Congratulations. And so we
0: we met our goal in three days. And I made all of these um these kind of more expensive pledges that I was like, no one will – like, they're kind of, you know, like, help us design blah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm like, no one will ever buy these. And they were just the first things to go, you know. People were contacting us obviously we've got like hundreds of people buying pairs of underwear through that, but also um, people being like, Oh, this has really moved me have (laughs) $3,000, you know? Uh, So obviously some people don't, Care at all about what we're doing, but some people really care, and you just hope you have enough of them to make it work. Yeah. Oh
1: my, isn't that? And do you think that's a Wellingtonism? I mean, you mm. you're a Wellingtonian. Yeah. Um. And we we often go on about Wellington here. Yeah. You know, we're getting a little bit in a bubble. We've got mm. no idea, but that's. That's an amazing thing to have.
0: Yeah, a lot of our um, customers, because <laughs> with Google Analytics these days, you can see so much of what people are doing. And yeah, most of our customers are from Wellington.
1: Right, so yeah. so really we are, yeah, and they're the ones that are, have really pitched in to help to get totally, off the Totally, yeah. Epic. Yeah. What about the customers? Oh, well, actually, the other funny thing is, why knickers?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> well, basically, I... um. Oh, that's a hard question. It comes down to the fashion industry actually because um in order to be able to manufacture in in New Zealand you have to be making you have to go quite high end because you need to have like quite large margins to sustain smaller production and higher overheads which I'm sure you know all about, Laurie. <laughs> um, and I, you know, if you want to sell a dress for $400, $500, that's great, but it needs to be the best dress someone's ever seen. You know, people have to fall in love with the dress.
1: And there's no shortage of dresses exactly to um, choose from, even to wade through to find the yes, best dress
2: you've, exactly. ever, you've ever found.
0: Um, and, you know, you have to be, to get people to part with that kind of money, you have to be, you know, that one of the top designers in New Zealand. Mm. You know, it's it's hard and it's really competitive space. Um, and I, and I just, I thought, you know, I'm not really doing this for. I need to make a really beautiful product, but I don't want to be like a cutting edge designer. Mm. That's mm. not really me. Mm. Um, I just want to make something that's really pretty that people are into <laughs>
1: and would just quite like to wear. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: And so I thought, and I also liked the fact that, um, that underwear, you know, because it's a smaller item, you're selling it for less money. There are more people that can support it. You know, if you're making a dress for $500, that's quite, you know, quite an exclusive product. Mm. And I wanted something that, you know, every, well, most people could, could, could manage. Hopefully,
1: maybe. And what I like about knickers yeah. Yeah. is that we actually need them.
0: <laughs> well, that's actually- you know,
1: regardless, we we well, I think most of us need knickers, Laura. I don't know about you. Are you uh, at least yeah?
0: half the time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one of my um that was my kind of eureka moment. Really, was um I was at the startup weekend and I was talking to a girl called Shannon, who now does all of the marketing for us. Great. And she was, she's like, you know, She's big. done a good job. <laughs> she has. Uh, and she's she's really passionately anti-waste, you know, and she's like, what, um, Just she just hated the idea of the waste of the fashion industry, um, you know, and I, and I really, I agree, you know, just the idea of making more things that people mm. don't really need. And I am a big fan of secondhand clothing, and I've always passionately believed that there's enough secondhand clothing out there to clothe everyone in the world. There it
1: seems to be now.
0: Um, Yeah, and I I just thought, you know, there's already enough of that, but not many people are going to buy secondhand underwear. No. And in fact, (laughs) you know, excellent product if it holds up that long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, I just thought that this was a space that I could, like, make stuff without feeling you know, that I was a big part of the problem. Go you. That's um, awesome.
1: Mm. Great. And I think, it, it you know, with that buy one thing, you know, mm. it's just quite nice to feel like you are giving a little bit back. And, um, yeah, Nisa sounds like, well, looks like as well. It's mm. a lovely, lovely thing, lovely way to go. Um, you've been so amazing and our time has crept on. But I do have Laura, can you give us a little time check? Please? We got about nine minutes left to talk. Okay, I want one more question. Just your last blog. Mm. I was really interested in that and mm. I would really like to give a plug to what you were talking about on your blog. So your your lovely lawyerness is come out if you you know you can't mm. keep a good per, a good lawyer down <laughs> um, but yeah you're and because we're on International Women's Day you wrote a blog about women working part time who are on benefits and how there's a real issue there for them could you in a in a brief way explain mm. to our listeners what the issue is and what they can do about it because um, I agree it's a big one it's a big one
0: it, the basic issue is that um if you if you're on the benefit and you can only find part-time work, you are no better off financially. Mm. So people are in this horrible position where um, there's no support for them to move into part-time work. And so they're in a, a total trap. In where a it's bind. All, in a bind because they either, you know, stay at home and look after their family or they need to f- miraculously find full-time work. Mm. And it was just heartbreaking because – you know, one of my employees, um, you know, we, we recently offered her 20 hours work a week. And that was, you know, it was really hard for her because what, like she, she's got young children. She can't go to full time. And just realizing that there's like, there's no support for her to make that transition. Yeah, And it just felt also terribly unfair that you're, that. Oh, it just it really broke my heart and made me so angry because yeah, it's just so un oh, yeah.
1: And the even... the yeah, the paperwork can be um so much of an issue yeah. in itself yeah. that it's really not worth trying.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um it, it just I guess that the point you get to is that you know, the a rational person would, you know, stay at home. Yes. Um, But there are so many benefits to supporting people into part-time work. Like um, there's something called – I think it's the Girls Project or there's a few other things. And a recent study was talking about the benefits of having a mother that went to work. Mm. And the outcomes for their daughters are insane. You know, their daughters are more likely to achieve higher qualifications, find paid employment themselves – uh, it just like spirals on and on, and it, and having a woman who's a role model in your community who's going to work, right, um, is so powerful. And just the fact that they're not, it's actually a cost to them and their family to t- to make that choice. Yes, um, really, just it, there's no carrot there. No, there's none at all, and it. You know, when you factor in things like transport costs and they're actually like pinged on two levels because often they lose their accommodation supplements at the same time. So some people are actually worse off for accepting part-time work. Um, And that is just so wrong on so so many levels. Um, Who do we write to about that? (laughs) Um, Carmel. So she's the um, Minister of Social Development. Right. Um, And there are people at WINS who like care and there are people who oh, don't care yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um but it's more just about raising the issue and talking about it because um this is one thing that's really really become apparent to me as I run this business is just the rights of beneficiaries, you yes. know, um the people who are vocal in our communities are often educated people who are employed um and it just um, it just breaks my heart that there's no one making it. Well, maybe there is, but I just don't know of many people making a huge fuss about these injustices that happen to people that really can't stand up for themselves um, and say that this is wrong and we demand political change. Wow,
1: Alicia. OK, so um, that was a little fine today. Thank you for yeah. sharing that with us. And mm-hmm. that's a, there's a real emotional moment there because, yes, I think we can all appreciate that situation for people. Mm-hmm. What do you say to women who are out there? You know, not necessarily a bad thing, but mm. you know, wearing Ben Don and Elle McPherson.
0: <laughs> um, I can't really blame them because <laughs> I myself do that.
1: <laughs> but, but we could we could transition. Yes,
0: indeed. The um, I think what what we're trying to do is we're trying to beat them at their own game. We're trying to make better knickers <laughs> because we need to make a bloody good product in order to survive. Um, so the only thing you can do is try it out for yourself, um, grab a pair online and we, you know, we package it beautifully. It's all done with such love. And the, I, I just I love the idea that people out there are telling stories about us they receive it in the mail like we've got all of these people contacting us through instagram posting on their stories when their parcels arrive emailing us to say it's the best thing ever and so just this you know every day is really hard but when i get those messages it's just such a little a little kick you know you can do it keep on going where do we get hold of Nisa? <laughs> Just go to our website. So that's www.nisa.co.nz. And you can find us there. We're also on Facebook and obviously the beloved Instagram. You can't be a fashion label without having a great Instagram.
1: <laughs> Alicia Watson, thank you so much for inspiring us and moving us on B-Side Stories today. No and worries. I think we're all running out to buy some new knickers today. <laughs> We've got some astir there, Laura.
0: That's right. We're going to play some Astaire, and that might take us out for the day.
1: Yeah. Hey, Wellie, love you. Lovely to be back on the airwaves. Hope you've enjoyed listening to us and Alicia Watson of NISA, the lovely Laura Kewan. Thanks, Laurie. Yeah. Have a great week. Don't waste a minute. We're not.
2: This program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Get your voice heard. Thanks New Zealand On Air for funding the Access Internet Radio Project.